This is the Kavnis HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Kavnis. The Kavnis HR Podcast is brought to you by SM Diversity. SM Diversity is a full-service staffing and recruiting agency. SM Diversity provides end-to-end talent acquisition programs, permanent placement, contractor hiring, retained hourly recruiting, and a recruitment media team. SM Diversity also provides diversity and inclusion consultants to design, develop, and implement DNI frameworks for organizations, both large and small. Welcome to the Cabinet HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cabinet. Our guest today is Dr. Nancy Corey King. Nancy, are you ready to be great today? I sure am. Thank you. Dr. King is currently the president of Senior Options LLC, a senior services advisory company. She has served as an executive in healthcare for over 25 years. In addition, Dr. King has served as adjunct faculty at The Ohio State University School of Public Health, the Weatherhead School of Management at Case Western Reserve University, the Capital University School of Business Administration, to write her book, Fired, How to Manage Your Career in the Age of Job Uncertainty, Nancy spent five years traveling the country interviewing 65 people who were let go. Her research produced significant patterns and insights on the ramifications of job loss, the recovery that follows, and tips for proactively managing your career. Dr. King lives in Northfolk with her husband, Dave, that two grown children. So, Nancy, what are, so can you tell us some of the lessons learned from your book? I sure can. There's several lessons learned, and the best thing about these is they're from real people who were let go or laid off or fired or however you want to call it. They're not from the professional career advisors. They're right from them. So I think the first lesson they would want you to know is to be loyal to yourself. What I mean by that is many of them had tenure in their organizations, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and out of blue, they were let go. They always felt loyal to the organization, felt engaged, felt important to the company, and really felt the rug pulled out from under them. Also, they said they turned down a lot of other opportunities out of that loyalty. So my first lesson from them is to be loyal to yourself first. So that was probably the main lesson. The second lesson is you have to own your career. And you have to realize anything can happen at any time. So what are you doing to continually improve your employability, skills, your education? How do you stay relevant as the world changes? And we've seen that with store closings or business closings or outsource. So I think that was an important lesson. And the third lesson that they would tell you is to stay active and network. And don't wait till you need a network to get a network and be sincere, be authentic, but really have an outside network outside of your company. Because if you lose your job, you are going to need people who can vouch for you. And that's an important asset to have and to maintain. You're right, Nancy. I I know so many people have a job and they think it's safe. They think it's safe. Yeah, I mean, you have to be looking for a job at all times, I think. I do. One of them actually, well, more than one, several of them said to me, if I had to do it all over again, I would take those headhunter calls. I would go on interviews. I would go out and have coffee. 
but I was so loyal, I didn't. And I never looked and I never, you know, went out on visits or took phone calls. And they said, boy, I would do that differently the next time. Nancy, for the 65 people, the evening spread across the nation or they focus on one area of the country? I went across the country. I was very intentional, Jason. I wanted to see a cross-section of the country, and I wanted to see a cross-section of companies. So technology, energy, healthcare, human resources, consulting. I really wanted a cross-section of you know fitness clubs, everything, and all ages. Tried to get as diverse as I can, uh, male, female, split about evenly. And from frontline, kids out of college to 10-year career professionals. Nancy, for the 65 people we talked to, was there anything they had in common besides, of course, being a lawyer to the company? Was there anything, one thing they had in common? Well, I think all but five of them had outstanding performance reviews. And they got fired. They had praise. Several of them won awards. I have a chapter in the book called You're Not Fireproof. And it's intentionally trying to let people know that despite great results or hearing praise from your board or getting an award, things happen and things change. So that was one thing most of the people have in common. Now, not everybody, because some people weren't there long enough, but they all had great performance reviews. But the two biggest commonalities, the first commonality to predict job loss was getting a new boss. I could be in my company 10 years or 17 years. I could have had great performance reviews. I get a new boss and they want to bring in their own team. They want to shake things up. They don't like the way we do it. And about half of the people I interviewed their job loss came when there was a transition in their company, a new boss, a new boss's boss. Then were people who got new jobs, which is also a new boss, but they got new jobs totally, uh, left their company, took a new job and got let go. So those were my two top findings that a trained leadership through a new job or an existing job is a dangerous thing. Even if they tell you, you're all safe, it's going to be fine. I just want to get to know you. Keep your eyes open. So for the people you talked to who lost their jobs and a new boss come in, came in, do you think it was because that person wasn't able to change and adapt to the new boss? Or is it more the new boss saying, hey, I want to bring my own team in or a combination? I think that the people that I talked to had received such accolades and such reinforcement over the years that they thought the boss was going to want to learn how they did it. They thought the boss would be interested in their success. I didn't get the sense they weren't willing to change, although obviously there was some tension. A lot of them wanted to just bring in their own team and it wouldn't have mattered. But I would say that would be my advice. Anyone getting a new boss to carefully understand what they're looking for because people have been trained by previous supervisors to do something this way. They've been rewarded. And when somebody new comes in and tells you something different, you're going to want to listen and pay attention, even if it's not the way you've done it. For the people you talk to, have they had an easy time, hard time finding a new job? And how many of them are still currently unemployed? How's that path been journey yeah. for them? So the good news is almost everybody has found other work, but the journey was painful to get another job. Very painful. Lots and lots of angst, worry, family issues. And then just the natural depression that comes when you're getting rejected or worse, not hearing back from the company. And so a lot of people would say, you know, just tell me, yes, no, I don't know, but 
the silence is deafening and they really had a hard time putting themselves out there for interviews, getting on Skype, and then never hearing from the company again. That was one of their biggest complaints. They probably took six to nine months on the average. Uh, the further up the food chain they were, the longer it took. Obviously, the kids sprung back fairly easily because they're not you know, looking for the most choice salaries. But even then, one young woman, she was married with a small child family had to file from bankruptcy. They had to cash out their 401. Uh, it was a very devastating 10 months for her. So the people you talked to, how many were like financially prepared for something like this? And how many were like, you know, like, wow, this is like devastating. Most um, were devastated. And, you know, I have a chapter called Have a Plan B. Of course, some did have some resources, but they're spending their kids' tuition or they're mortgaging, taking a second mortgage on their house. But a lot of people have 401s and they drew down on that. It was tough. Some were able to do some consulting, but uh, most people don't have six to 10 months of cash on hand. And in my chapter, you have to have a plan B. You have to. Anything can happen. So they say six months. I say 10 because you're going to want a time. You can't quit club. You have to look your best. You can't quit going to the hairdresser. You have to have nice hair. You have to be ready to meet your next boss anytime. So it's very important to have another stream of income or considerable savings. So Nancy, you talk a little about the importance of networking. There's still people out there going to say, you know, it'll never happen to me. I'm safe. I'm this, I'm that. How do you convince them? No, you need to do some kind of networking. There's nothing but go to a meeting some once a week? Well, I would say this. Number one, you know, you don't think you're going to get in a car accident, but you buy insurance. And you hope you don't have a health event, but you have health insurance or you have life insurance because you don't want to leave your kids or your spouse without resources. So I look at networking as a form of insurance. And also it adds to your life. It adds joy to your life to meet new people, get new ideas, get out of your office and see what the rest of the world's doing. And and it doesn't just have to be, you know, the rotary or the chamber. It can be your kid's softball parent, or it can be going to a school function. It can be a church group. You know, those networks are absolutely valuable. And um, when you are in need, you need people who will support you emotionally, but also who can make introductions for you. But when you're out of a job, they're especially important. They're much less likely to judge you. Nancy, before the American Dream used to be, as you know, work 40 40 years for the same company, get your time on watch pension. But now it's more like, you know, changing jobs every two or three years, no loyalty, you know, business is a business. How is this shift in the American paradigm affecting like the economy and how people look for jobs and all that kind of stuff, all those kind of things? Well, I think it's flawed system. And I think that people who are able to switch are able to network because I don't know if you're familiar with them, but there are applicant tracking systems at almost every large company and they get thousands, hundreds of thousands of resumes and they go in this giant black hole and the supervisor who's hiring or HR has to go through every one of them or they have automated screening. Well, okay, so now I'm down to 50 resumes. So I think it's really clogged the system. I know my kids are both very much into networking professionally for the enjoyment of it, but also they know that's where the opportunities are. A cold resume is not a great way to find work. So I do think there are places where it's expected that you stay and be loyal, especially with people who are more our age. That's 
kind of the way we were taught. But I think most of the folks who are millennials know that to move up, you sometimes have to move out. So Nancy, next, let's shift and talk about a time of your success in the past, mm-hmm. where you learned from your success or where we can learn from your success in the past. thing that I have, I'm a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. And the thing I have always run for success is being a talent magnet. So I try really hard to recruit and retain talent and really hear them out and really understand their strengths. I kind of like to compliment their weaknesses. And anything I've done, a team that wants to work together toward a goal has been successful, whether it's launching new programs or serving different clients. I think that's the whole key today in business is having a team that trusts that you can finish each other's sentences, that you can understand their goals and, you know, feel good and celebrate. And so I really enjoy the celebration aspect. And that's not common in business today, but we, we uh, celebrate our successes. Nancy, moving on, not talk about time you failed in the past, what you learned from this and what we can learn from this failure of yours in the past. When I think about my failure, times where didn't really listen to understand. I was maybe dismissive or in denial or just hurrying so much to hit a goal that I failed to really listen to the people who were saying, hold on, hold on, or think about this, or, you know, so-and-so's not on board, and uh, more or less just steamrolled just to get the job done. And so I've learned as I've gotten older to spend more time in the, you know, making sure I'm hearing dissent, making sure I'm listening to those um, not just the vocal concerns, but the eye rolls and the you know people who are looking down and really paying attention to anything that maybe doesn't agree with with what I'm you know promoting. You're so right. So many of us listen to answer not to understand. Somebody was like, you know, my thing. Please stop, so I can say what I want to say. You know, we're not even understand it at all. Most yeah. of the problem with that. And I think the other thing I learned is you got to read the room. You know, you have to read the room. You can't go into a new setting or a meeting and not fully appreciate all the dynamics there, and you'll never know them all. There's some that you don't know, and you have to take that into consideration. Nancy, can you talk about someone who's helped in the past and how they helped you? I have been helped by so many people, but I am very thankful for a mentor in my uh, late 20s who has stayed with me my whole career. And his name is Glenn Gronland. And he was the CEO of a company I worked for. And he said to me, "Um, Nancy, people's greatest strengths are their greatest weaknesses. And if you think about it, you know, that's a really good piece of advice. But he stayed with me. I call him up and he'll make suggestions. We've become close friends. And he brought me into meetings that maybe I wasn't by title. I shouldn't have been there. He gave me opportunities. He let me work with him and kind of understand his point of view. But a true, a true wonderful person, truly wonderful person, Glenn Gronland. Nancy, next, tell us something about yourself that most people don't know. You know, your close family, close friends know this, but people who know you on a day-to-day basis don't know this about yourself. People who don't know me, think I have abundant energy. And I run on high really well. And then I shut down almost just as fast. So I do have a quiet side, although you'll rarely see it. Nancy, understand you have a book to recommend for our listeners. 
I sure do. Can it be my own book? Yes, definitely. Okay. Here's my book, Fired, How to Manage Your Career in the Age of Job Uncertainty. And it is on Amazon.com. And I encourage you to read it before you need it. So if you are employed, by all means, get the book. If you're unemployed, you will know you're not alone and you will get lots of great tips. Nancy, can you share your social media links so people can reach out to you? Sure. So I have a website, www.jobuncertainty.com. And I have a LinkedIn, Nancy King. And I'd love for you to link in with me. And I have a Facebook page, Nancy Corey King, K-O-U-R-Y, Nancy Corey King. And my email is nancycoreyking at gmail.com. And I love to hear from people. I get, I get notes from people and uh, text people who've read the book. And I love to hear how it's affected them. And I'd love to have a conversation with anybody who's interested. And for listeners, we have the links to her, to her book and her, and her social media and our show notes. And our show notes are at www.avnxhrblog.com. Oh, we'll come to the end of our talk. Can you provide our listeners any last minute of advice or wisdom on anything you want to talk about? Well, I would just encourage you to be prepared. Start now, whether it's networking, whether it's getting in shape, whether it's talking to your spouse about conserving some savings. Start now because the effect is devastating and it can really happen to anyone anytime. Uh, there's very little job protection. It's an employment at will country for the most part. Um, obviously, there is some protection for hourly workers, but I would encourage you to be very proactive in managing your career. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you for your time today. I know you're a busy person doing a lot of great things, so thank you again. Oh, my pleasure, Jason. Thank you. So, our listeners, thank you for your time as well, and remember to be great every day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Kavnis HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit KavnisHR.com or connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook at Kavnis HR. Thanks again, and be great every day.